Welcome to the Fash Scoop, where we're serving the latest and greatest in fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. This is Eamon, the co-founder of Fash PR, and today I'll be your host. I'll be talking with Amanda, a Montreal-based fashion, beauty, and lifestyle blogger. We're going to be talking about her journey into the world of blogging, some behind the scenes on content creation, and how to land your dream brand collaboration. So first, let's get to know Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Sounds great to hear the birds in the background. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in my backyard. It's such a nice day here in Montreal. Must be beautiful. So, you know, why don't you tell us um, a little bit more about you, your background in fashion, um, in blogging, you know, what did you study? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I started my blog in 2016, so about four years ago now. Um, my anniversary is actually coming up, I think, July 13th, which is kind of funny. I didn't realize that until now. Um, it originally started as a fashion um, blog primarily, and then I kind of just branched out into beauty and lifestyle through researching skincare products. I kind of got obsessed with that. Um, so it kind of became this whole big thing. And um, as for education, I'm studying journalism. So it goes hand in hand with the whole writing aspect of blogging. I ended up growing a profile on Instagram that is separate from my blog, but they also work hand in hand. And I also copyright for brands, um, mainly in Montreal. So um, product descriptions, all that kind of stuff. And um, it all just kind of works very well together. And I really enjoy it. And training, I mean, I taught a lot of this stuff to myself, um, as well as got a lot of tips and inspiration from mentors who I've um, had the chance to uh, get to know. That sounds amazing. Um, I find like copywriting is always one of the hardest parts of just everything Instagram websites especially blogging it's crazy um I mean like my writing has definitely like become what it is now because I've practiced so much um before studying journalism I was in liberal arts so a lot of essay writing happened there but um mainly copywriting is a lot about um understanding the brand you're working with Um, even if it's your own brand, and tailoring the writing style to that so it creates this unique voice for that brand. Definitely. So, like, as you mentioned, you know, copywriting is definitely something that's unique to each brand, and we kind of have to find our voice. And a lot of people still have a hard time with, you know, what is that voice for their brand? And for you, like, copywriting, is it a full-time thing you do? Is it something on the side, you know? How do you usually structure your days around blogging and all the things that you do? So as for structuring my days, um, it's something that I don't put too too much thought into because I work better um, just going with the flow of things but if I have to get let's say a photo um, done for a brand in the same day that I need to send some like product descriptions in definitely going to time like the weather and the time of the day around all of that so I mean, it really depends on the day and how much work I have. As for the copywriting thing, it isn't a full-time job for me. I'm still a full-time student. 
So something I definitely do on the side, but it is something that I'm working towards being a full-time job. So I'm starting freelance now, but my goal is to open an agency that does social media and copywriting hand in hand. Amazing. And how would you describe your writing process, you know, from concept to publishing? Like, are there any tips on how to start? Because a lot of people get stuck with, you know, where do I start? Um, so sometimes out of the blue, I will get like an idea for a blog post. Like the other day I was actually like unboxing a bunch of food that a brand sent me. And, um, one of the brands was Sinai Gourmet. They do like, um, sauces and stuff like that. And it's all about like how you can use different sauces, um, different sauces for, different recipes so like now I got this idea to do like five or ten ways to um use this sauce in like recipes and that would fall under my lifestyle category so I mean the ideas just come through my everyday work um inspiration just hits um and for the concept and publishing I mean like I'll just go, I'll just write, and I'll come in and edit it later. Um, usually, once I have an idea, um, it'll just start to flow. I have, like, a structure to my blog post. I'll have an intro. Sometimes I'll put a conclusion or outro. Um, but most of the time now, I'll just add a, a shop section at the bottom if I'm talking about certain products, and that's kind of that outro for me. But basically... Um, talking about how I think about a product and then talking about the background behind the product and the brand is really important for me, especially because like, I don't want to seem inauthentic and I want to provide as much information as I can for my readers. And, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, blogging is dead or, you know, it's more like the influencers on Instagram now or TikTok because that's becoming really popular. But yeah. you still do traditional blogging. Like, do you think brands still look for bloggers specifically? Um, not as much, honestly. Um, I recently did partner up with a kombucha brand to do um, a couple of blog posts for them. And one of them hit like a thousand views, which I was very happy about. Um, but other than that, like, I know that blogs are mainly more on Instagram, but what a lot of companies and bloggers or people on Instagram don't realize is that if you're, if like I'm with WordPress, so if WordPress like crashed and shut down and like, I don't know, deleted my blog one day or Instagram was like just disappeared like tomorrow, like all those followers who follow you on that um, like social media base is not going to know where you are or where to find you afterwards. So that's why having a blog is a next step up because you do own your domain, you're paying for it. So at least there's that, but also like email lists are super important. Um, building an email list is super important. And I think that brands don't see the value in bloggers because like we do have an email list like in case like the end of the world happens and we need to update them via email you know um so I think brands should consider that more or less um but because everyone has 
switch to social media platforms like Instagram and TikTok, they are kind of neglecting it. But I think it's something that they should continue to focus on. I definitely agree. Email lists are very, very important. And I think sometimes brands are late to realize that because they get kind of stuck in that social media cycle of that instant posting instant comments and likes exactly um and you know nowadays it's like how do you get someone's email like what's the best way to start i think a lot of brands struggle with that as well so do you have any like one main tip you would give like a new um blogger or brand on how to start their email list um if it's a brand um i did this for a company last summer basically um because I already am a blogger, I know a bunch of people who are accepting collaborations and that stuff. It's about research, um, like marketing outreach. Like basically all you got to do is take the time to do your research and find the people that you think would best suit your target audience. Um, so I mean, like you really just curate a list on your own through that you find the people as for blogging you're doing a little less outreach and hoping people come to you um, because you want them to enjoy what you're writing not force them to read what you're writing so um that's a lot of word of mouth and like sharing things on different social media platforms um pinterest is a great way to do that do you think so yeah i do i definitely do um a lot of times like people will add their links there and I mean like it really is um like this middleman for um bloggers I find um because you'll have like the picture that describes your blog post and then the link is right there below the picture and all you have to do is click on it and it brings you right there I think that Pinterest is like a blogger hub more or less whereas social medias like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, it's more like instant, like you said. Yeah, and there's a lot of users on it, so it can get oversaturated, and brands, I feel like new brands can definitely get lost in all of that. Yeah. Pinterest, and I definitely see it becoming more popular. So what would you say has been your most successful post um, over any social media uh, platform, and why do you think it was, you know, the most successful or the most appealing? Um, so my most recent successful post would have to be a blog post that I wrote for Gutsy Kombucha, which is a Montreal-based um, kombucha brand. I love it. <laughs> Not sponsored to say that. <laughs> um, but basically, I think it was successful because it was actually like a very um, researchable topic. Um, so I talk about gut health in that blog post and I realized that gut health is something that a lot of people will search up way more than like, let's say like a fashion trend fad to read, you know? So like you have to think about like readable topics. So you can write about like uh, a summer outfit, but I think people would rather see your summer outfit on Instagram than hear you drone on about it for 500 words there are some people who would like to see that for sure um and like i said before it's about finding the right audience but um when it comes to writing a blog post you really have to think about what people are gonna want to read 
um, in general. That's so I think that's why it was way more successful than any other of my blog posts. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are always Googling when it comes to health. Yeah. It's like Google's the doctor, so. <laughs> Why don't you like Google like summer outfit inspiration and get what you're looking for? Usually you scroll on Instagram or you check hashtags. Exactly. I, if I was looking for some sort of like, you know, health related thing I would probably google it as well even though it might not be the best thing but you yeah. then you come across nice articles which is what you're looking for yeah um, but that's so great to hear also as a blogger do you think there are any common misconceptions about you guys <laughs> yeah there's definitely some out there but I think that the number one misconception for me um that I thought about is that you live this certain lifestyle because we get free products or some people may view it as like not a real job. So I don't think you work as hard. I feel like because someone who's had experience as an influencer, sometimes, like you said, we get certain products, but in return, we have to, you know, make a post or design a campaign and post it. And that does take effort. And I feel like sometimes people don't realize that and they just think, Oh, you're just getting free products and you're just posting a photo exactly that's exactly what I was just gonna say I mean like in the end you're offering your own services like you're putting your time and energy into creating something that is essentially an advertisement for that company um, so they're kind of like investing that product money even though it's they're making like way more money off of just sending you a product than actually getting an actual sale in a store um but they're getting that authentic and organic advertisement from you and that's projecting onto your community that like understands and is influenced by um your opinions yeah definitely and it also does take time like you get the product you do your research you you know think of the idea you take the photos the editing the uploading the copywriting like you said um so it's like a whole process and especially with you know everyone being on their phones they might think it's easy but I think when they see the behind the scenes it Mm -hmm. takes a lot more you know yeah, I so would you say there are any resources that have really helped you on your path to, you know, blogging and connecting with different brands? Yes, definitely. Um, so if you're in Montreal, there is, um, I don't know about um, everywhere else in the world, but and more generally, networking has helped me a lot. Um, definitely check out, like, your local agencies or like um education groups um we have one called yes montreal and they focus on educating small business owners um so basically like just networking there's an agency in montreal as well that does networking parties so it's literally designed for you to go and meet people in the creative industry who are kind of doing the same thing as you and every time i've went to one of those I've walked out of there with at least five connections and maybe like two new projects to work on with someone new who I met like an hour ago. And I really love that. Um, As for um, 
receiving products and brand collaborations, um, I would have to say for FOHR is a very good resource. It's kind of like an online portfolio for who you are in your social media. You can get a free media kit. Um, once you've set up your profile, they connect you with um, some opportunities and a lot of um, US-based brands, because it is a US company, um, are using this um, resource to find people. So it's basically this like, online email list for brands um so that's how they a lot of brands find their network of people to send products out to so i found that to be very useful and one thing that really helped me um when i first started out was julie solomon she's a she kind of talks about um bettering yourself and your blog um, and she helped me figure out like how to pitch properly to brands. So she has this free webinar um, called Pitch It Perfect and she does it like a few times a year and that's what I um, ended up doing. She has like a paid package version if you want to learn more but the um, free little webinar was enough for me but basically she talks about an elevator pitch and um, is basically an introduction into who you are, what you do, and what you offer to the brand that you're reaching out to. And you formulate it yourself, and it takes a little while to personalize it, but it really helped me. And after that, you can just reach out to brands yourself. You would say like via email, just find an email and email them, or like Instagram? Instagram DMs, um, email sometimes. Um, if you DM them on Instagram, they'll reply back with their marketing email address. Okay. So you can continue that conversation over email and see if you're a fit for their brand and if you guys want to work together and all that. That's some really great advice. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who, you know, are always wondering, like, how do I start that connection with the brand that I want? And um, for definitely sounds like a great platform that I'm sure many people will start to check out. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything that, you know, you wish you had known when you started reaching out to brands? Yes, definitely. Um, like I was talking about networking before, I think it's really about um, being open and getting out there. Mm -hmm. So networking is a part of that. Like, but if you're reaching out to brands, like talk to people, the worst thing that can happen is that they say no. They know. I say that all the time. I'm like, listen, don't be scared. Just do it. Because if they say no, what's going to happen? You're going to move on. But if they say yes. Exactly. Exactly. I have a funny story about that, actually. Um, so there's this um, mattress in a box company from Canada, Endy. I know that there's a lot of different mattress in a box companies. Um, out there, but I really wanted a weighted blanket from Endy. Um, so I reached out to them and I was like, I'd love to collaborate with you on like, um, I don't know, something with like your weighted blanket. And then they came back and offered me a mattress and two pillows. That's awesome. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that at all, you know? So it's really just about like asking, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and like I said, the worst thing that they can do is say no when you move on or you ask another brand and you, that's it. <laughs> Actually, you get it. Yeah.
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all about work and perseverance. <laughs> okay, so now what would you say are your top three tips for new bloggers? New bloggers. Um, one thing that is really important, especially in the political climate today, is taking a stand for things that you believe in. It really helps with your authenticity because more now than ever like being authentic is so important there was a blogger in the montreal community who felt um offended and didn't really like a certain brand's um slogan and she spoke out about it um after speaking to the owners on her instagram stories and like her reasons were very founded um it's all about, it was a bubble tea company. So it was all very founded within her culture. Um, she is a Vietnamese blogger. And um, honestly, like, it ended up working out, like, amazingly because the brand actually is changing their slogan now, wow. something. Um, and, like, it's really about, like, standing up for what you believe in, like, no matter the consequences, because I think that... Um, brands really appreciate a blogger or an influencer or whatever you want to be on um, a digital platform is that you're authentic and that you take a stance on things. Definitely, I agree. And it just uh, shows your followers that, you know, you do have these authentic opinions and you're not just doing it because everybody else is doing it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, find your niche before expanding. A lot of people get really excited at the beginning blog and they're like, oh, I want to do like this, 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 and this. Um, but it's really about finding your voice first with one topic. Like I said, I started with fashion and then I eventually went into beauty and lifestyle. Lifestyle is a great category because you can branch out um, pretty widely. A lot of things like health, wellness, food, drinks, um, daily routines. Everything, <laughs> Everything falls under lifestyle. Lifestyle is a great niche to have um, because it allows you to expand if you're someone who likes to talk about a lot of things. Um, but I mean, like, start small, grow big. I agree. I definitely think you know, starting small is good because then you really attract the people that are going to be interested in your content. And then when you grow, they'll grow with you um, exactly. rather than trying everything all at once. And then you're overwhelmed and you're not sure what to do next. Yeah. Those are some great tips. Thank you so much. And, um, but those are some great tips and I'm sure they'll be very useful to our listeners. So now we're going on to our fun section, which is our true and false. So our first true or false is true or false. You've always had a good relationship with brands. That would be false. <laughs> um, sometimes a brand and you just have a dispute um, or you don't agree on something. Um, there was one brand that I did work with, I won't name them, but um, basically we had two different um, concepts, ideas, I guess, of what, wanted, of what we wanted to come out of the um, exchange of product and services. 
um, and it wasn't um, specified beforehand. There was no contract for this because it was just a simple exchange, um, which is, I'll give another piece of advice. If you can, sign a contract. If it's just so you. I <laughs> hear this every other podcast because someone or us were always saying make sure you sign a contract doesn't matter how big or small the collaboration yeah I definitely agree with that sign a contract um it helps the brand it helps you it keeps everything airtight and if you want to change something you can go back in and be like I'd like to modify this section or can we change the date on this it's super easy like don't be like intimidated that once you sign a contract it's like set in stone it's not um but it really just helps you kind of solidify like, okay, this is what this person is asking of me and this is what I am going to deliver. And you combine their expectation with um, your creativity and it works out so much better. So because they didn't specify and they kind of just gave me free reign, they weren't very happy with um, what the, the content I had come up with, but it was, the kind of content where I was in New York to do this content and I was back in Montreal when they expressed that they wish I could have done something else. So it's kind of, yeah. So I didn't really enjoy um, the miscommunication. So I will not be working with that brand again um, because of that. Um, but I think that it goes to say that you're not always going to get along with people um, and just know what you're going into when you're starting a collaboration with a company. Yeah, definitely. And I always tell people who have brands as well, just be really specific with the person you're giving your products to because it's your free product. And, you know, if you have a certain guideline, you should tell them because I know sometimes they feel like, oh, I don't want to be, you know, pushy or I'm not sure if I can say that and I'm like it's always easier because like once it's in writing you can change it rather than you give them something and they do something different and you're not expecting it and then you're not happy and the person that you've given the stuff to is not happy either yeah exactly okay so next one true or false influencer is a term people like to go by (laughs) False. Um, false. I will agree with you. Yeah, I think that people who are getting into it and don't really understand it will love the term influencer. Those are the kind of people who are just doing it for the gram, for the product. I feel Um, they don't mind it because it's not something that matters to them specifically. Um, Whereas people who actually do this as a job and actually branch out into other aspects like copywriting or photography or styling um, and use um, their platform as a creative, which is a term that I do like to go by. um, I agree. Kind of goes hand in hand. So like digital creator, um, creative, like all that kind of stuff. Blogger, if you're writing a blog online. Um, I think those are much more um, appropriate terms because it actually describes what you're doing. Because an influencer can be anything 
anyone. It could be your neighbor. Like, I always give this example, but like your neighbor could be like mowing the lawn with his like mower. And it's like, oh, like, where'd you get that? It looks like a good one. And then you talk and he tells you the specs and whatever. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go out and buy that for my lawn. He just influenced you. Literally anyone is an influencer. And I think that once you understand that, the term isn't um doesn't hold much value yeah and i think because it has this kind of idea of someone who's on social media and is just very popular and has a lot of followers it throws a lot of people and a lot of brands off because Mm -hmm. like realistically there are micro influencers which don't have a lot of followers but they have that influence that real influence right and they work hard and they're authentic and another thing is there's a lot of people out there for example like me who we work in the fashion industry we work behind the scenes you know and we actually know a lot of people within that industry so we would also be called influencers on instagram because we have a following but it's a little bit of a difference than someone who's just posting outfit pictures and um you know makeup on instagram because like you said, if Instagram was to go away, I would still have my connections, right? Exactly. Um, not to say that that's anything bad. I mean, that's a great place to start, but always remember to maybe, you know, keep networking and actually meet people so that your influence can grow, your networking can grow. You can just learn more rather than just, you know, being like, I'm going to, you know, post because I want to get a bunch of free product and that's it. Exactly. Yeah, definitely agree with that. So next, true or false, copywriting is easy. Very, very false. I realize that all of these are false. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I guess we're like debunking myths here today. Um, But basically, copywriting, aside from the whole creative aspect, there's a lot of negotiation um that goes down and i guess this is pretty like true of all types of freelance um the most annoying thing honestly is receiving payment (laughs) um most of the time like a lot of people who are your clients will be late with your payment and it's not fun especially if it's something that you're making primary income off of because you know you have to pay your bills and they're due at a certain time but your client hasn't paid you yet so it's kind of like thing little things like that does not make copywriting and freelancing easy or fun sometimes um but definitely like aside from all that the creative the creative process is a little easier than the whole negotiation and payment and communication part and like i said contracts are everything yes <laughs> something our our audience should 100 percent know by now <laughs> if you take one thing away from this podcast <laughs> contracts <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because last time i was talking with a designer and she had a negative um uh you know a negative kind of experience with an quote-unquote influencer and she said the same thing you know contracts are so important and now you're on the other side as a blogger as someone of influence and you had a negative experience with the brand and you're also saying the same thing so I think you know we learned that both sides just want clarity so contracts are important 
everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so last one, true or false, you have always been credited for the work you've done on social media and in your blog. Um, hmm. Mostly, yes. Um, there was one thing, actually. There was a brand that miscredited me. They tagged a wrong account, but oh, really? that was, yeah, it was really stupid, honestly. Um, but um, that got fixed, and it's properly tagged. But um, crediting is so important. I'm thankful that no one has actually, like, stole my work that I'm aware of. Um, all brands and other people who I've worked with or um, enjoy what I publish um, has always given me credit. Um, I know it's a lot of, a lot of people have this issue where, you know, people impersonate them or people like repost things. Also, a lot of people have been going around and saying this Pinterest is not like uh, a royalty-free like website for photos you know like it's still someone's work and you should still be crediting them um, which is really important it also goes into what I do as a journalist um, like crediting work is so important it's your integrity as a creative as a freelancer as a journalist as a person like I think that it's so important um, and it says a lot about you if you're stealing someone's work and not giving them credit. Yeah, definitely, especially since sometimes it's collaborations, unfortunately, free collaborations where you see that credit has not been given mm -hmm. um, and that's the most important because you know it was a non-paid collaboration. So you should be very careful with that. Um, no matter whether it's on social media or a blog or a website, um, crediting the team is always very important. Okay. Um, thank you for debunking those myths. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so it's been a pleasure talking to you and, you know, learning so much about the blogging and the copywriting process where I want to say it's almost becoming extinct, but I feel like it'll come back. Hopefully I, I am someone who loves reading blogs. And I'm sure now that everyone's in quarantine, <laughs> people want to read more, you know? Um, so thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. Of course. Thank you for having me. No problem. So just so everyone knows, I will uh, link Amanda's social media links um, in our description. And as you know, we'd love to hear from you. So please let us know if there's someone you want to hear from in the future and subscribe and, you know, stay tuned for more amazing guests that we'll have on our podcast.